Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, boy, howdy. Here we are again. Uh, another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Yeah. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, yeah. and Todd Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, it be just, the truth. It be the truth. <laughs> it be the truth. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, it's just better off when cowboy shows instead of lawyers. Yeah. It's better off with cowboy shows, period. Well, that's for sure. That is for sure. It is the first Saturday of December. And Authors Monday. Authors uh, Monday, yes. Uh, this year has gone by quickly. Yes, it has. Um, well, let's 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 just let you know who our author is, who isn't. Okay. That that is Monty McCord. He was supposed to be our guest today, and there was a uh, communications. Uh, I, I think the I don't think the uh, carrier. I think the carrier pigeon got lost heading to Nebraska. I think some. I think some hungry. Person ate them, <laughs> but uh, we still have a little bit of news of the West, which uh, comes from the WWA, Western Writers of America, and it does concern Monty. So uh, it's not a total loss in Monty's department. Uh, but anyhow, Candy Moulton, who is the executive director, secretary treasurer of the Western Writers of America, big, big Kahuna. He is a Kahuna. Uh, every 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 inch of a Kahuna. <laughs> But anyhow, I talked to her earlier in the week, and and I asked her if she had any any uh, or she could tell me about Monty, and she said, "Well, I'll have to think about that." And I told her it doesn't have to be true, and she she liked that part. <laughs> but she did come up with a little piece here. It seems that every year, the uh, they do a education program. Yes, I guess it goes throughout the year actually. But they have a homestead auction, yes. which is where they raffle off goodies to raise money for it. Well, yep. this year, because of of the uh, Chinese COVID crappy crud, uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. But they're still going to have the auction, and it's coming. It's coming due really quick. Okay. But uh, every year, like apparently, Monty makes a badge <clears throat> for them to be oh, auctioned nice. off, yeah. and it's a custom-made badge. And this year's theme, which was Deadwood, which is where the convention was supposed to be, mm-hmm. uh, and on the badge, and however he does it, because I haven't seen it, there's a depiction of 7th Cavalry, mm. uh, Hickok's dead man's hand, and uh, Candy said, if you want to make a bid, because the bids close Sunday. I see. Uh, but she gave me a, the number for her office there, and you can reach her. And that's Candy Moulton, area 307-329-8942. And it's, it's a good thing to get behind because I'll tell you what, you know, we're blessed that we have people like these writers because they're, they're interested in our heritage, our history, whether they're writing a historical novel or a, or a fictional story. You know, it's, it's based... And that's what's neat about the Western Rock. Yeah. These guys are like fanatics about getting it right, well, even if it's fiction. Yeah. Well, and a little background on him. He's a retired law enforcement officer, graduate of the FBI National Academy at Quantico, Virginia, served as a deputy sheriff <clears throat> in two counties before retiring <clears throat> Pardon me, from the Hastings, Nebraska Police Department as a lieutenant. 
and um, he's got at least four books out, uh, and, and more. Oh, he writes got, about nine books. Yeah, out he writes uh, uh, about law enforcement in the Old West, mm-hmm. uh, as well as other things related to law enforcement. You know, he kind of he kind of <clears throat> specializes in from the Old West to the, up to the, yeah, about about the thirties, forties. Yeah, uh, he's got a couple of books out on police cars. Yeah, he did a History Channel program about police cars because of that. Uh, in preparation for the show, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I spent my entire existence reading his <laughs> his two novels, mm-hmm. Monday's Law and uh, When I Die. And I've got to say this, that, you know, creating a lead character, you know, it's like his uh, Joe Monday reminds me so much not copying or anything, but he just he captures that same feel that Zane Gray captured with Lassiter mm. in Riders of the Purple Sage. Interesting. It's like you could see these two guys yeah. riding yeah. together. Yeah. Interesting. And his, his descriptive prose, which I like. A lot of people, you know, they just want to get to the shooting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the backstory, the characters, every one of the characters, you go, God, I wish you'd write a little story about that guy. I'd like to know more about sure. Moe's, the delivery yeah, stable yeah, guy, you yeah, know, yeah. and Adam. But anyhow, that's that's enough on him. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. I, I, I wish uh, we would have been able to get a hold of him maybe another time, perhaps. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm keeping I'm keeping my notes. That's right. I enjoy I, I really enjoyed researching him because he, he's you know he's just he, he born in Hastings, Kansas, and I apparently you know a thirty plus year long law enforcement yeah, career, yeah. all in all right there at home. That's well, a homeboy. Let's uh, uh, since I do have everything scheduled for this month. I'll give you a little yeah, quick a, rundown, a preview, a little preview here. Uh, today we're just gonna we're gonna nugget, uh, do some cowboy hodgepodge. It's and, nonsense nuggets. Yeah, and see what happens. Uh, next week, uh, Steve Boyce joins us. Steve oh. runs Horsin' Around Rescue, and he just came back from a class in Texas <clears throat> that I find absolutely fascinating. And if I understand it correctly, it's uh, manipulating horses, mm-hmm. uh, similar to. Like with acupuncture, like a, a, the vet is a DO, doctor of osteopath, mm-hmm. and uh, not a chiropractor, but an osteopath, it, it, totally different. Um, and uh, so uh, we're going to talk about that with Steve. That's it's a great topic because he, you know, like they've been using this at the racetracks, yeah, for years. You know, for condition, uh, helping the horses with conditioning yeah. and, and after a workout and stuff like that, massage, yeah. acupuncture. Well, the guy he he took the course from, he met uh, while on a relief mission during Hurricane Harvey. Uh, and he was on a, oh, yeah. good for him. And so uh, that's how that all came to be. So we'll find out more about that next week. Coming up on the 19th, um, our good friend Marty Freeze will be with us. Marty has written uh, some books on uh, filming locations and such and done some fantastic videos uh, of uh, uh, local film uh, locations. He's moving to California because his wife uh, wants to, and I don't know where in California. The good thing about that, though, is that, you know, uh, Todd can now have somebody that's not from California to talk to. Yeah, so, uh, (laughs) and and that's, and by the way, I don't have anyone, so let's... You don't have any California friends? Um, Well, no, I've got a few California friends, but 
I don't have many friends that are outside of California that willingly moved to this state and mm. not a part of the, mm-hmm. and have nothing to do with the corrections facilities. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, I, I think this is, things are looking up, and I'm so looking forward to the new year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. uh, for the end of the month's show, we always do a movie Saturday, and that'll be out at the White Stallion Ranch, as always. Um, this the beautiful uh, White Stallion. Yes. This uh, topic on the 26th, the day after Christmas, is going to be the all-important screenwriter, screenplay. Screen, playwright. Playwrights. Uh, screen, screenplays. Screenplays. The top screenplays in Western movie genre. I'm not going to do tops. I'm going to do the most obscure ones I can find. Of course you are. But uh, well, just silent. remember, the, the, the rule is, uh, or the shall I say boundaries are, Take away all the action, take away the actors, the actresses, the director, the sets, take away the scenery where you where it where it takes place. And, do and you, we're just looking at the words on the paper. Yeah, do you still have a story? The best dialogue and the best uh, description of characters and the dis- best descriptions of the what's going on. Now so that's our movie Saturday show for uh, the end of this that's, month. That is Esoteric. Yes, Esoteric, it is. Esoteric your hair out. <laughs> yes, it is, but that's how we roll sometimes. Yeah, that's the way the gorilla <clears throat> feels. We're, we're, we're going to come at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. So and, I'm going to uh, do it for hanging gonna, upside down. <laughs> listen, this is the... This is the uh, uh, Bunker, you're not uh, Nancy Pelosi who sleeps upside down like a vampire bat. Um, <clears throat> this is a... Uh, uh, this, you know, we're we're the thinking man's western show. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> when did that happen? Uh, when you joined us. When I yes. joined it. <laughs> yes. When. God, we we've been going downhill ever since then. Well, you know. When we when we realized that that liquor was not uh, a rite of baptism, but just more something to deaden the pain. Yeah. Hey, and we just, had to find other alternatives. Just you know, you copious know, libation. You know, speaking of uh, uh, doing the show over the past year, uh, our podcast is hosted uh, or picked up by Spotify.com, and uh, they do a pretty cool thing at the end of the year. Uh, it's called a wrapper, wrapped for podcasters. And uh, so th- I did this uh, beginning of the week, and so it shows that we have 42 episodes thus far. Um, For this year. And, yeah, in 22 countries heard. Ooh. And a 281% increase in followers. Now, I don't know where those people are. but Botswana. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, our, our top countries are, of course, the United States. England. And uh, England. Uh, and, Australia, uh, New Zealand. Yep, those places too, so. Um, that's kind of interesting, I think. Hey, so. I got pretty lucky here, my guess. You did. I you still did. think Botswana should be up here at the top. Well, it probably is. Yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, that's kind of a cool thing. In Zimbabwe. You know, we're, we're big what, in Zimbabwe. What, f- 52 weeks in a year, and yeah, we've got well over 100 episodes. I, thought, I, I didn't think we missed any weeks. Did we miss I any I don't weeks? think so. Maybe. I don't know. No, we haven't missed a week. No. No, well, I think we did miss one week one time, but I think that was a year or so ago when you did a train trip. Well, that and then I was in the hospital earlier in the year. We might have missed then, too. That's almost two years ago. No, no, this year. Was it this year you were in? Yeah, March. Wow. Mm -hmm. This this has been a weird year. Yes, (laughs) to say the least. So, on that note, I have um, also 
Uh, I found an interesting Western that I watched. Uh, I'm on my own for this week, so the, t- the TV. Well, we have two televisions, but I can't watch in the bedroom because I can't lay down and watch, run back and forth and watch TV at the same time. But anyway, I, I found this uh, Western that I had never seen before on uh, the YouTube, as a matter of fact. And it's called Wild Boys, Adventure Drama Western as TV series from 2011. And this takes place in Australia in the 1860s. And uh, the program follows a gang of what they call bush rangers. We know them as road agents. As they stage holdups determined to keep ahead of the troopers or wind up at the end of a noose. And the I, I got to tell you, it only lasted one season um, maybe 10 episodes. Yeah, it looks like 10 episodes. But the action in this was absolutely incredible. The writing was pretty doggone good, too. Um, moreover, what I was more impressed with was the, uh, the armaments. Um, they were period. They were 1860s period. They were uh, shooting actual cap and ball. I mean, replicas, but cap and ball. I mean, when they go to get ammunition, they don't get a box of bullets. They get or cartridges. They get a box of ball, and or a tin. Or a tin. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, it, it it was it was really good. You know, it's funny that you mention that because I have a little show I'd like to bring up on in there because this is an Indonesian western. Wow. And it was called Buffalo Boys. It was uh, 2018, no, 2019, and it's an Indonesian take on a western. Uh, the cast was Hiro Bellu and Yoshi Sudaraso. Well, I really mangled those guys. By a valve but, of anyhow, 500. but anyhow, it's about these two brothers who, after <laughs> returning from the American West, they come back home to avenge their father's death and uh, in Java. It's kind of a spaghetti western Java knees <laughs> shoot 'em up odor. Okay. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, whatever. Let's see if I can find that one. Uh, there's all, you know, I, I don't have uh, cable or satellite any longer because it costs too much money and it's, you pay for too much crap. Um, so I just have over-the-air television and uh, internet television. And there's a ton of westerns. And there's a ton of westerns that you can find all kinds of places. YouTube being one of them. And all you got to just all you got to do is really just do a search. And, and I mean, if you even just take an actor, for example, Hoot Gibson, for example, oh, pop yeah. in, pop in the Hooter on uh, the YouTube search, and you come back with all kinds of movies, except the one that I'm trying to find that you <laughs> recommend, <course. laughs> because of it's course. a silent. So, uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, speaking of old timers and Hooters, at breakfast yesterday, you you let me in on the treasures that you have hidden in your in your phone. And it was he has a list of all the westerns <laughs> him and Susan have watched. Yeah, and it's it's got to be in the hundreds. Yeah, with the little little pictures alongside. But I'll tell you, Harry's seen more of them than I have. Well, and I'm, I don't I'm, know about that. Yeah, you well no, you know. But it is a most impressive list. You should talk Damn. about some of those. Damn, I didn't realize it. Two hundred four westerns. Wow. Imagine that, wow. Todd. That's a that's a lot of westerns, man. And that's just that's uh, that's two years of Sundays. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is or and, Saturday nights, and, more importantly, and, two and, years of Saturday nights. And this is just keeping track of 
this this is a recent list thing that uh, my, yeah, it's not my a wife and I started. No. no, because when I had satellite uh, and cable, we'd watch stars, westerns, and uh, there's tons of things that we saw yeah. there. Uh, my noir list contains 21 films. Uh, my standard movies list contains 22 films. Some of those are silence. That, aren't they so neat? Yeah, 13 sci-fis um, and 36 serials. <laughs> oh. And speaking of cereals, we're sitting here right now frosted with the Frosted Mini Wheats uh, as our snack. But I, I got to tell you, man, I'll, I'll go to the cereals here because uh, I, I just love them. Spy Smasher, Mysterious Dr. Satan, Daredevils of the Red Circle, The Mystery Squadron. That's a, uh, a Bob Steele uh, the Lone Ranger uh, serial, yeah. SOS Coast Guard, Robinson Crusoe of Clipper Island, The Amazing Exploits of the Clutching Hand, Captain Midnight. Oh. I love Captain Midnight. My mom worked at WGN Radio in Chicago mm -hmm. years and years ago when uh, they were producing Captain Midnight, and she got a script. Oh. Uh, and it was uh, the, the, the Captain Midnight was portrayed by Bob Crane. Yeah. And you know what? You, know, you think about this. I know you, me, I'm, and I'm sure Todd, anybody that's as nuts as we are about Westerns, one of the reasons that, that Saturday was such a special day was because that was the day we'd go to the theater, see yeah, a double feature, nice. but even more important, a serial. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, my my Westerns list includes uh, Angel and the Bad Man, which... We, uh, I was watching that before I came. We viewed that yeah. uh, last Saturday when, uh, as we were celebrating our year anniversary, as we call it. And uh, my wife loved that movie. She, I don't think she'd ever seen it, but uh, she loved it. It's, it's a great date movie. It was a very good movie, uh, well written, well portrayed. Uh, yeah. It's got Harry Curry in it, so how can it be exactly. bad? That was, uh, I think that might have been, he died in '49. Well, he yeah. died right after uh, Red River. Oh, okay, all right. So I, I thought maybe Angel and the Batman was might have been his last. But that film, uh, you know, other than being a great western and Dodd, I've lost you. Where'd you go? Oh, I lost my connection. Is it Gail Russell? There we go. Yeah, Gail, yeah. Russell. Gail, yeah, Russell. Gail Russell. So I mean, beyond all those things, there's two things in that film which are really. Where, where'd he go? He's he's someplace there. I can't hear him. I, well, he's not talking. Well, what's he doing? Well, I, I I don't know, but he's not doing anything because he's just not there. God? Uh, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take, take our a break. take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll do that and uh, come back with much more of Amor Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. We'll be back with much more after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honorveterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. That worked, that worked out pretty but well. that was pretty good Western music. <laughs> was kind of, I can't figure out whether that was like the stagecoach traveling through Death Valley or or a pack train of mules I, I, coming down off the high stairs. I had, I had it all set, uh, and I even have the title of it, but I, now I can't remember because <laughs> things went to hell in a handbasket real yeah. fast. Uh, Todd is on the phone with us now because we seem to have lost the Internet connection there. Good so are you there, sir? Internet. Now I've lost him on the phone. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, I'll talk oh, while you do that, dude. Well, I've All got right. it. There he is. Okay, you got him? Okay. There he is. He's back. Okay. You, you were saying So about where Dale. did you lose me is as I was in the middle of a fabulous conversation yeah. on a lifeboat 
on the South Pacific by myself. Yes, uh, that that was exactly. No, it. you were talking about about Gale and and the Duke and the Angel and the Bad Man. So, um, did I? Did you hear the part about bowling? No. So the hat band and the buckle that Wayne are wearing are oh, both yeah. bowling. Yeah. And it's funny because everybody talks about, of course, Hopalong Cassidy and and uh, Roy Rogers and and Gene Autry and everybody, all the other B-movie cowboys wearing bowling. But in this film, Wayne, who's not making a B-Western, he's making an A-Western, is wearing bowling. The silver hat band and the buckle are both bowling hmm. for that film. It's made his production for that company. Film. He could afford it. Uh, well, okay, that's true, um, but uh, I think it's just it's significant because it, it, he didn't wear them during the days of him being a um, B movie cowboy, but in this film he does. But more importantly, what takes place in this film is this film is kind of the summation of Duke's acting career, in that it's the last film. He he gets to make. Uh, he didn't make that many with Harry Carey Sr., but who more than anybody influenced his acting. Yeah, um, right. more so than Ford, more so than Raoul Walsh, more so than Howard Hawks or Henry Hathaway or Paul Fitz. Uh, that it, it went, and at the end of the Searchers, when he has his his right arm reaching over and it's holding his left arm. And he's in the doorway as almost a shadow, and mm -hmm. the door closes on him, and he walks away. That's a pose that Harry Carey Sr. did countless times as a silent movie cowboy actor. Mm -hmm. And when he did it, uh, in the film, The Searchers, all of he did it as a nod to Harry Carey, who was no longer with us. He had died in '48. And that was in 56, The Searchers. And Olive Carey, who was on the set and is in the film, cried. His mm. wife, his widow. Wow. And I think that Angel and the Bad Man, some people think, you know, it's, you know, it's a typical Western. No, boy no, meets no. girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, boy gets the bad guys. Um, but it has that element of Carey Carey Sr. and... Duke together, and it's a very, very instrumental film in Duke's acting career in his life. Well, you know, there's an interesting side thing to that, too, is that in Red River, uh, you see Monty Cliff rubbing his nose and copying what, what Dunson does, and yep. that was a carryover from Harry Carey. It was something that he used to do as well. Right, yeah. and, and there we see Harry Carey. Again, yeah. uh, you know, in that film at the end, it's the cattle buyer. He, yeah. he, it almost, he almost goes unnoticed in a lot of ways to most, to, to people in Westerns who don't understand the reference of him. Everybody thinks of his son, but he had a huge influence on many, many Western actors, especially the Duke. He was well, one of the big three back when it was William S. Hart and until, uh, Mix came along, you yeah. know, and changed the game. Uh, but, you know, it was the thing about him was that he had that style that Hart had of of underplaying, 
playing it straight like it like it would be in real life. Right. And not and not, uh, not overact, not overdoing it, not kicking it into yeah. some kind of weird gear, and not going into uh, like so many actors do nowadays. Uh, when do I get to weep? I want to <laughs> weep. You know, yeah. John Wayne doesn't weep. Yeah. No, no, you're so right, Bunker, and and all the great acting teachers I've ever known uh, would call it less is more. Yeah. Well, and that was a perfect example of it. Well, I got a movie here on my list, uh, a Harry Carey movie, and uh, I've got some silence. I just got to find those. But this one is Ghost Town from 1936, yeah. and this is an excellent movie. If you know, if if you've never watched a B movie uh, before, I highly would recommend this. Good way to start. Uh, yeah. he, perfect. I mean, the the Harry plays a. Uh, an old miner, well, an old miner is ambushed by outlaws trying to steal the $10,000 he's carrying to start up a new mine. A passing cowboy, who happens to be Harry Carey, uh, tries to give the miner aid but winds up getting blamed for the attack and put behind bars. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a way, way good movie. Dave Sharp uh, is with him in this. Uh, Ruth Finley is also in it. Uh, Jane Novak. Who else we got? Ed Cassidy. Um, and of course Sonny the Horse and just just for a minute going back to Angel and the Bad Man you know uh, as, as you mentioned Todd uh, this is not there's no way you can consider this a B-Western and you have to put it in that class of the classic Westerns but one of the things about that is that Sedona plays such a key role and you know Sedona's known for its red rocks. Yeah. This is black and white. Yeah. It was like you know Sedona was giving uh, Monument Valley a run for its money, and in this picture, it did a damn good job. It sounds like absolutely. It sounds like Ella's uh, on the hunt for something there. Oh, it's, it's, Ella's <laughs> on the hunt for everything. Yeah. She's on the hunt for a bag of chips. <laughs> um, she's on the hunt for you know a, an old dirty towel, a, um, a chew toy, you know. She's she's always willing to, um, you know, volunteer her her views on the show. Oh, good. Uh, you know, good voice her opinion on anything and everything. <laughs> um, the lack of walking, the menu. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. She's and, and here's another one, another B that I would highly, 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 highly recommend: Six Gun Rhythm. Oh, Six Gun Rhythm, 1939. It stars Tex Fletcher, Joan Barclay, Ralph Peters, Reed Howes, Malcolm Bud McTaggart, Ted Adams, Walter Shumway, Kit Gard, Carl Matthews, Art Davis, Robert Frazier, Jack McHugh, James Sheridan. Not a bunch of big names there, but I'll tell you what, there's some rip-roaring music in there. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to mention a movie. It was from 2019. It uh, was, I think, a pretty good movie, and it it kind of uh, was left in the shade, you know, or under under the rainbow or something. It was a movie called The Divide, and Perry King uh, directed it, and he cast himself as the rancher in it. It's a contemporary picture, uh, but in the thing, in the thing is, he's a Northern California rancher, and he's facing a bad drought, and 
Alzheimer's. Mm. And he went on to win the Cowboys and Indians Movie Award for Best Picture and Best Actor. Nice. And it's, you know, that's a sad thing. So many movies, as Neil Summers would say, fly under the radar. Yeah, well, and we don't hear about them unless... Of a, because of a Unless program like this, it. program like this, or some other programs, that, or a friend, a yeah. friend sees it and fishes it out of the nothing exactly. and, get, and tells you about it. Yeah. Um, and speaking to that, um, I watched again, and I've watched it several times, um, and I watched it again last week. Uh, the Missing oh, by Ron Howard with yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and Kate oh, Blanchett. Yeah, good movie. And you know, I I guess I forgot how scary I really thought it was from the when I first saw it. Because I remembered that when I first saw it, I even had some nightmares. Oh, wow! I had I had some night that I was being chased, and I had a six shooter, and um, that's all I had was six bullets, and I was. <laughs> You know, trying to figure out how to survive and so on. And I was on foot. I had no horse. I had no rifle. I had no canteen. I had no, I didn't have a blanket or anything. And I'm trying to figure out how to stay alive. And, you know, uh, it's just, it, it bothered me. And it it really a, bothered me. He was a fire and, shooter and he had an extra bullet. I, yeah, it was awful. Well, you know, it, obviously, um, when you're when you're in a, a bad dream bunker, you're trying to you're trying yeah. to cheat any way you can. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah. uh, and I just watched it again, and I forgot how good it really was. And uh, it's just it's one of those films that got overlooked. Um, you know, as usual, uh, Hollywood doesn't know what to do with it. You know, they they advertised it and portrayed it. Uh, as a um, in its advertising campaign as a horror flick, hmm. so anybody who doesn't like horror flicks didn't go. Like uh, westerns uh, doesn't like horror pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you lose out on people who don't like horror pictures. You lose out on half of your western audience, and then you had your horror audience, which goes, "Why do I want to see this when I can sit at home and watch Friday the eighty third for free?" <laughs> so um, you know. Uh, it got lost in the shuffle in so many ways, and it's scary, and it's well done, and it doesn't pull any punches. And you know, when she finds the um, her ranch hand and her uh, boyfriend, and the other guy who went out looking for uh, the daughter, uh, you know, and they basically <laughs> smoked the one guy. Yeah. You know, they, they smoked him and shrank and, and suffocated him. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's powerful. It doesn't pull any punches. I'm sure it's not the friend of anyone who's politically correct. And who cares uh, about anything, that? <laughs> you know, um, and, but I tell you, it's well made and I really, really enjoyed it even more so than I had before. Well, you know, and that... I just wanted to throw it out. There. All right. We got to do a break first and then we'll come back to what you Want to do bunker? This is Emil Franzi's Voices of if the West. I remember, <laughs> if you remember, Bunker to France. Harry Alexander and Todd Roberts will be back with much more right after these wet words. 
When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. With the fall and the coming of cooler weather, Tucson Trap and Skeet now institutes our fall hours. Office hours are Wednesday through Sunday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and automated fields are open daily from 7 a.m. until dusk. So come out and shoot from one of our 50 trap fields, 13 skeet fields, or five international bunkers. Visit TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com for all of our upcoming events or call 883-6426. Hi, everyone. This is Susan McRae. Welcome to Chaparral Roundup. I Chaparral debuted back in 67 and lasted until 71. March 12th through the 14th in Tucson, Arizona, I'll be hosting Chaparral Roundup, a get-together with fans, friends, and special guests featuring confessions of an acting cowboy, highlights of the life and career of Don Collier, who was Sam Butler on the show, lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, the location where we shot several episodes of the High Chaparral, with music, a Western show, a question-and-answer panel with special guests, the great Western band, Fort Worth West, and so much more. The registration form with all information is on the website, chaparralroundup.com, or on the Facebook page, Chaparral Roundup. March 12th through the 14th, 2021, in Tucson, Arizona. Great fun with great people. Chaparral Roundup. You don't want to miss it. I guess I got the masked man to thank for keeping me out of more trouble, Bill. Masked man? Call him that if you want to. Or you can call him by another name. What's that? The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. This is the Voices of the West. Back on Emil Franzi's Rider coming. <laughs> Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Theme from the High Chaparral. Mr. DeFrance in 52 of those uh, episodes. And one of the most famous lines of all time in Western. Rider, Rider coming. <laughs> Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles, and I'm Harry Alexander. And uh, we're just having a 
Having a good old time. Having a grand time here, uh, just shooting the breeze and just whatever have, else. Just having a, you know, it's like, the only thing missing is a campfire and a cup of coffee. There you go. Or for Todd, a, a shot of toddy. Well, I'd have that shot as well, but, you know, it'd be kind of hard to build a but campfire inside here. No one on the planet would believe you're a teetotaler. <laughs> hey, so I'm... let's not try to portray as anything other than it truly is. <laughs> well, you know, we were talking about uh, Tommy Lee Jones when we left for our break. Yeah. And, you know, here's a guy that his contribution to Westerns is astounding because his batting average for... Uh, the few westerns that he's done is almost every one of them is a classic or near classic. The Three Burials, uh, Good Old Boys, this is one of my all time because it just it just it's cowboy. It's not western. It's cowboy. Right, exactly. And yeah. he is a he has his own ranch. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's like a Joel McRae, you know. And can you believe this is a guy who was the roommate to Al, Al Gore in, in Harvard? Yeah. <laughs> Where did he go and wrong there? He's also the roommate of Ryan O'Neill in Love Story. Yeah. 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 He's the guy he's the guy playing cards. Yeah. In well, the gray sweatshirt. Yeah, I want to throw something out there to you, Todd. I'm gonna to give you a name of a movie ranch. Bettswood Ranch. What can you tell me about it? Bettswood Ranch. B E T Z W O O D. This this is this is something that everybody should know because this is like legendary legendary. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Lubin Studios. Okay. You're still drawing uh, a blank. Well, it this 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 they came they came into being at the beginning of the uh, 1900s. They were the largest movie studio in the world. They had, uh, it just, I, I, I came across it on, there was a uh, History Detectives episode, and the, a lady called him and said, look, I've got these uh, stacks of books. Of, each book has two, uh, two pictures to a page, five by seven stills, and they're all westerns. And one of the books was, I would say, about a foot and a half thick. The other book was about half that size, but it was all westerns. And apparently Lubin Studios he, and uh, Lubin was a partner with uh, with uh, Edison, so they had that part of the Monopoly crap going on. But their output of the old silent westerns is astounding. It's probably in the thousands. And well, it's something that we need we that need to look many. into. Yeah, they were making. Oh, they they made a film in a day to day and a half. In those days. Well, you know, there I there, I saw a great picture of the studio. Imagine a building, say like a milk a, a milking barn for a agribusiness thing. You know, just you know you know hundreds of yards long, and in this there you've got. You, you, when you're looking at this picture, and there's a good 30 yards of film hanging on the hangers, uh, I guess apparently drying after being going through the baths. There's uh, they're shooting a scene from this one. There's other stuff going on. You see the editing bay. It's it, this was an amazing place. 
And what was ne- what was so neat is that uh, uh, Sigmund uh, Lubin, who is a you know European Jew, came over here, saw the you know he saw the future, and except if it hadn't been for a big fire just before the war, World War One. We probably would have known more about him because, like I say, they were they were they were the biggest studio. It was like, think think of like Warner Brothers, Paramount, mm-hmm. Universal, all thrown together. Well, well, they started. You know, they were together for twenty years, eighteen ninety six to nineteen sixteen, and that's a long stretch in those days. Yeah, so studios <laughs> popped up, actors popped up, and went away overnight. And, and they continued to make a lot of product. We would also know them better, Bunker, if it, you're right, for the fire. The other reason is because that Edison uh, would not move west. Yeah. The reason the studios moved west uh, was because of you could shoot all day, every day, and climate was not a problem. Back then, the studios were, didn't have a roof on it. Then when they when back then they did in the east, but when they moved out west, they there was no roof, so you had natural light. You could shoot as soon as the sun went up, till the sun going down, and you had no weather was not an issue. And also, and because of that move, a lot of that, shall I say, eastern movie studios and their films kind of went by the wayside. Oh, that puts the fact that. You know, there was a way of getting away from Edison's monopoly on the cameras. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, uh, But if you notice, all of the big movie studios were owned by conglomerate, oh, yeah. conglomerate uh, uh, entities that were housed in New York back east. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still the same today because I know it was in the 40s and 50s. But when you have, you still had the big studio system, all of the executive offices were in New York City. Today, they're not. Yeah. But back then, they were. Absolutely, they were. Um, that's how. Um, that's how Louis V. Mayer lost his 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 his, his kingdom. You know, he had. Uh, been in a very ugly, fierce battle with uh, John Huston over the Red Badge of Courage with Holly Murphy. It was a film he did not want to make. It was a film he did not believe in, didn't believe in the script, didn't believe in the novel. And, uh, in fact, so much so that he fought it tooth and nail, and one day John Huston's walking across the lot and he hears someone call his name. And he turns around and it's Louis V. Mayer, and he's you know, heading right towards him. And he was somewhat of a, although little, and looked a little bit like somewhere between a possum and a mole <laughs> uh, with glasses. Looked like Danny could DeVito. Could be intimidating. Um, you know, he had been a junk man since he was 10 years old on the streets of New York, Lower East Side. Would gather the junk, fight for it, gather it, uh, appraise it, and then resell it. Either to scrap people or to other mm-hmm. people who were looking for second-hand items. Uh, yeah, so at 10 years old, he is running his own business, a junk man in in New York City. Yeah. So he, he didn't fear much. Apparently. And he he came, he came right at Houston and he said, John, uh, I, you know, I guess he, he had been saying hello to him from far away and John didn't hear it or 
maybe ignored it because they were in this battle. And he said, you know, I wanted to say, I was saying hello. And John said, oh, well, hello. Hello. Yeah. And started to turn around and walk away. And he said, John, I, I sure hope that you're not ignoring me because of the difference of opinion we have over this film. And John said, well, you know, to be honest, I am. I'm hesitant to converse with you. And he said, don't, don't let that ever happen. Just because we disagree on this film does not mean I don't respect you as an artist and as someone who's an integral part of this studio. And uh, it was then he went on a vacation, uh, Mayor did, and when he came back, they had performed a coup on him with the boys in New York. And from that point on, Dory Sherry, who had been uh, second in command after mm -hmm. Kahlberg's death, uh, was now in charge. And uh, Mayor, you know, had a lifestyle of, a, of, of royalty, literally. He was much better paid than any star on the lot ever and had an extremely opulent lifestyle, and he continued it, and he, he retired with all his stock and his money and everything else, but he was no longer the man in charge. Well, all right, know, we got to do our last, last break, break here, because it is at that time. We'll be back with much more of Amo Franzi's The Voices of the West in just a few moments. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts are with you. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry. 
an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Gunsmoke there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, welcome back, Amo Franzi's uh, Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. That tune is called The Grand Canyon. Well, you know, it was so funny. I was watching you as you were rocking back and forth <laughs> with and I, I, I was afraid you'd going to fall out of the saddle there for a second. Well, you know, I hear this stuff, and you just can't help. Oh, I love it. it. It's yeah. great. That's one of the great things about the shows. I never know what the music's going to be, but it's always great. Being a uh, former musician, I just love music. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to get back to this Betswood Studios thing here um, with, with this guy, Sigmund Lubin. He apparently kept a number of engineers and designers on his payroll to provide his company with new and innovative technology in the rapidly changing motion picture industry. Many of the inventions received patents and the devices and machines were in use at the Betswood studio. The names mentioned in this patent uh, thingy here, uh, they continued their work in the industry for decades after Betswood uh-huh. closed. The film cleaning and polishing machine was one of the deals that they came up with. Camera, camera lens and diaphragm adjusting mechanism. I was a studio. Yeah. Uh, motion picture mechanism, whatever that is. A fi- the film magazine. Just before that, you had to roll the... It was like a... a, a hand roll. Uh, old Kodak, yeah. Spool, like a spool, yeah. yeah. Well, it still is. And the, 30, fil- and the film guiding 30, mechanism. 350 acres. Yeah. Tripod head they came up with. Interesting. I mean, you know, wow, this is great. We, great you know, history. we, we got We got someone. <laughs> we got to find somebody that knows something about something that. About that's a, there's an awesome show. In I that. think so. Yeah, that's, that's way, way Well, you know, speaking of awesome, awesome shows, uh, over Thanksgiving I went over to some friends, and after we gorged, we sat there and gorged again on season <laughs> two of Yellowstone. Oh. And I had not seen Yellowstone, and. I heard good things. I also knew that it was the highest rated uh, cable show, number one cable show. That's and, right. And I'll tell you what, it deserves to be number one. And the, you know, for one of the thing, for once, whoever was doing wardrobe knew what the hell they were doing. <laughs> like so many times they don't, you know. And it was just, you know, it, the the people looked right. Uh, it's it, it's a western soap, but you know what? It's got it's got more action than some of the action shows. Hey, That's there, right. There was one episode there where one of the one of the ranch hand who turns out to be kind of a traitor who does a very nasty, despicable thing to a black cowboy and his uh, girlfriend. Mm. They get them and they get cowboy justice. You know, you think, oh, the sheriff, because one of you know some of the families in law enforcement, you think, okay, well they're going to turn this guy in. They take him out to the bushes, put a rope around his neck, dangle him by his toes. They rip his shirt open. There's this well, bunker. Don't spoil there's it. this rocking Y <laughs> brand on his chest, which is kind of like a fraternal 
thing among the ranch hands at the ranch, which is, you know, kind of like the inner circle. Mm-hmm. One of the cowboys pulls out his knife, slashes across the top, down to each side, and rips it off of his chest. Well, Bunker. <laughs> and then... They, what about you know, all the people that haven't seen the show, Bunker? That's good. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm giving them. I'm giving them gore so they will. No, you, you, and then they hang them. They hang them. Bunker, I, uh, like I said, don't ruin it. But that's okay. Uh, hey, that's something like that would get me to watch the show. So I think that's promotion. There you go. <laughs> now, don't okay. you want to? Don't you want to watch that episode again? No. No. A little too gory for you? Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I'll watch the whole episode again. I don't know that I'll watch that scene again. <laughs> but, um, like I said, so. Nightmare. But, uh, I watched the first episode of Yellowstone, and I thought, well, that's pretty good. But it just really didn't do anything well, for me. Well, it's like I watch this new show running. I, I, I don't know which what channel it's on. The Big Sky, about Montana, modern yeah, day. yeah. And it's pretty good. It's I, I watched the first two and I, I I missed the third one. So I and I don't know if I'll continue it, but I enjoyed it. And talk about twists! Mm-hmm. You got more twists than a sidewinder. Well, I'm gonna be looking for more of the uh, Wild Boys series. It, it, Todd, yep, I'd ask Danny about that. Oh, I am gonna ask him. Uh, I am gonna ask him, and 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 I'm gonna try to catch them. Yeah, they, uh, they're on the YouTube. Okay. Yeah, the Wild Boys is not about us. It's no, about no. these old New, old New Zealand Cowboys. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. I fell asleep there in the middle of the show. Uh, I forgot okay. that part. Well, you got to pay attention. Yeah. I'll get an alarm clock for you. <clears throat> Just because we're too broke to pay attention doesn't mean we can't listen. Well, it's just, you know, broke is a broke is a relative is a, is a is an, <laughs> an esoteric uh, definition. Yeah, it's relative. It's all relative. That you know broke broke when you look at when you look cowboy up in the dictionary. Picture that's it. one of the words that describes him. Yeah, yeah. You got a picture of cowboy broke or hat. broken up. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. What do we got to do? We got uh, like two minutes left here. Two minutes. Let's do oh, I discovered a book. Okay. That you both might like. Okay. I was at uh, my my. My uh, my intern gave me a, a a birthday present from Barnes and Noble. She gave me a gift card, and I found a book called Guns of the Outlaws. Ooh! And uh, the three that they profile on the cover uh, are Jesse James Smith and Wesson, uh, and um, Dillinger's Tommy Gun, hmm. Hmm. and. Um, I forget the third one, but uh, Dennis the Menace's slingshot, which you know uh, put Mr. Wilson in an institution <laughs> and right. never got out. Wilson, that's shame. So nervous in his whole life. <laughs> the day, the day that uh, uh, school let out in May, for the rest of the summer, Mr. Wilson was a nervous wreck. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Think about. I mean, he 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 celebrated. Uh, you could hear the hallelujah on the first morning that the school bus came in in September to pick Dennis back up. And Martha would say, "Oh, now, George." Now think about this. Now, this is this is really this is really deep deep stuff. Billy the Kid, Bushy Bill, Mr. Wilson, Wilson the gunfighter from Shane. Did he really die? Ooh. Or was that him as an Ooh. older man? Ooh. Well, I think we need to ask the dog. <laughs> the one who gets up and goes across the bar. 
and leaves when Wilson comes in. Isn't that a great, that's a great scene. <laughs> and he says to the bartender, is, uh, he says, is uh, starred up? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you got any coffee? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. So, yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Pretty good. That's it for, uh, we'd we, we be done. We'd be done, guys. Okay. All right, gentlemen. We, uh, Great. We had a fun time. You got hope, any cappuccino? Hope, hope the audience <laughs> had a fun time listening uh, to our... Uh, our nuggets. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just nuggets. Fair and enough. N- nothing else. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, we do, we it's do an this. It's an anthology thing. We do, this, we do this from time to time. we got to do it, you know, because... Especially if we get a curveball. There you go. All right, so... 78, 79, join me, Harry. Adios. So long, everybody. Thanks, Todd. Thank you, Thank bud. you, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.